This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, Canada, and welcome inside a special Wednesday bonus edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here along with you. Mark Sacchino joining us momentarily. Bob Weeks will be by from Brookline at 1030 to discuss the U.S. Open. And this show, it's all about the odds. It's all about fantasy. It's all about, you know, trying to make your picks and value picks and dark horse picks, the favorites. We have six Canadians in the field as well, so we'll take an in-depth look. Just an hour-long show today. We'll be on from 10 until 11, and then we'll be handing off to, uh, to TSN, who has our coverage for the U.S. Open starting bright and early, 6.45 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, Thursday morning. Get the coffee ready, get the waffles ready, get the eggs ready, whatever your go-to breakfast is. Get ready to rock. And now let's bring in Mark Zacchino, who is playing. Uh, Mark, you're playing golf today, I want to say, and it doesn't look too uh, too promising out there weather-wise, does it? No, no, Skulls, we got about an hour uh, checking out the radar. We've got um, uh, just the mother of all storms uh, <laughs> that's going to hit us here in about uh, any minute now, actually, and it's going to last for about, oh, an hour to 90 minutes. So if you're playing golf before noon, before 12.30 today, uh, keep your head up. There's lightning <laughs> out there if you're listening to us in Toronto. After 1 o'clock, you're good. Clear sailing. Nothing but pure sunshine. It's going to be hotsy-totsy, so uh, I'm okay. Our shotgun uh, is is after 1 now. It's been pushed back. We're going to uh, celebrate the 100th anniversary of Thornhill Golf and Country Club just uh just up there in Young Street, uh, above Steeles in the city of Toronto. So, um, looking forward to it. Looking to seeing some old friends that I and some old faces that I haven't seen in, in a long time. So, uh, looks like we're going to get lucky for the golf. Not so lucky for the warm-up portion of the festi- <laughs> festivities. Skulls. There's not going to be a lot of range time, buddy. I mean, you know, as they say, the warm-up is overrated. But I like when, when we had Graham Villette on our show multiple times last week on location at the RBC Canadian Open, he would tell me, yeah, you know, I'd show up two hours before the round, you know, have lunch, putt the range. I'm like, Graham, I show up eight seconds before I tee off, take a couple quick back, back swivels, a couple practice swings, and hopefully, have, hopefully there's a breakfast ball allowed in, in the group. But what's, uh, what's TJ Rule's line? Uh, Mark about about the rain suit about about you know the, yes, the bad weather. Yes, it's uh, there. There is no such thing as bad golf weather. Just bad golf gear. Uh, that's his <laughs> line. So in other words, suck it up, Buttercup. Get out the rain gear. Uh, if you're overseas, get out the sweaters. Get out the golf mitts. Get it all out. There's gear out there for this. Uh, I guess so. With the exception of lightning. It's uh, it's uh, man up, boys. So <laughs> there you go. Well, on the bright side, the forecast does look good in Boston 
for the for the third men's major of the season at the U.S. Open. We have so much to dive into in our next segment. We're going to hear from the top five betting favorites. Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, and Cameron Smith. We'll also hear from Colin Morikawa, who is one of my edge picks, as you'll, you'll hear on, or you'll see on TSN later this afternoon. But Mark, so much to dive into. But before we dive into all that, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Okay, so Mark, we're going to dive into what a lot of people are talking about at the end of this segment. That's what I want to do because a lot of people are talking about Phil Mickelson and the comments that were made and everyone was asked about it and talking about the distractions. But let's, let's talk about the guys who maybe are a little more relevant in terms of actually competing and contending this week before we dive into the, all that live nonsense. But first, Rory McIlroy. So right now, he is your betting favorite at plus 1,000, or 10 to 1 are his current betting odds. Justin Thomas at number 2, John Rahm 3, Scotty Scheffler, your Masters champion 4, and Cameron Smith number 5. In your mind, Mark, is that accurate? Do you think Rory McIlroy should be the favorite this week? And if so, why? I think uh, there should be co-favorites right now. Um, and this is with all due respect to Scotty Scheffler because it's hard to not make him the favorite everywhere just based on what he's done this year. But I think the co-favorites, Adam, right now should be Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. So I, 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 don't, I do not argue with Rory as the favorite. I, if I was making the number on the sports book, I'd make the number uh, Rory and JT as the co-favorite simply because... You know, JT won the last major. Since the last major, uh, he almost won another national championship. Uh, one bad hole on Sunday against Rory McIlroy at the RBC Canadian Open, or he, he would have, uh, you know, potentially won that trophy as well. And what's Rory done for the last six months? Well, you know, pretty much everything but win. You know, he won the CJ Cup back in November. So that was his first win in the PGA Tour season. And then he was basically a top 10 machine. A bad, day, a bad week for Rory was tied for 18th. Uh, he just couldn't grab the W. Uh, but what you see what Rory's like. You saw it this Sunday when he's got that emotion going, when he's got that fan support, that crowd energy. You saw it on Sunday at Augusta. Um, it looked like the nerves were going to get to him again on Sunday with a couple of short misses. He had a short shove on 13, another short putt miss on 15, and you go, okay, here we go. Here's those nerves again that will not allow him to close the door, but he hit a switch this time, and he found another gear. And I'm curious, Adam, I, I, you know, maybe I'm reading into this too much, but what's the difference between Rory closing it out when he looked like he was going to give it away again on Sunday versus the Rory we've seen so far this year. Well, the difference for me, it's nothing mechanical. It's, you know, it's nothing emotional other than, you know, okay, the huge crowd support in his favor, but that happens a lot for Rory. I think there's a line in the sand a little bit being drawn between us versus them. I think Rory's playing with a bee in his bonnet, so to speak, and, and is a little irritated. Some of Rory's quotes were pretty interesting yesterday. Um, suggesting my biggest mistake in this live conversation was I took those guys at their word and I shouldn't have. So there's that us versus them going on right now with the, you're either in the camp with Rory, you know, JT, Scheffler, Rom, you're in that camp 
or you're in the other camp. And I think he used that a little bit this weekend to push himself over the finish line. So a long-winded answer, but I have him and JT as my favorites for all those reasons. Uh, it took me everything I had not to have Rory as my edge pick this week. The other guy I loved was Morikawa. He's your edge pick this week. Not because of what he's done this year, because sooner or later this slump has to end, and this is a perfect golf course for him. You know, as you know, I went Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, and Will Zalatoris. Three players all inside the top six in strokes gain approach the green, and three players all playing well right now. I think strokes gain approach the green is going to be the key this week in Boston. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of guys there. First of all, Colin Morikawa, who I will <clears throat> will hear from in our next segment. Right now, plus thirty two hundred for Colin Morikawa. So that's that's some pretty good value for uh, for Morikawa. But uh, also one of your picks there, uh, Mark, was Will Zalatoris, and I'm actually releasing an edge segment on TSN.ca in probably about two hours from now about the best players who haven't won a major, who are looking for that elusive first major. And of the players I'm really focusing on are Cameron Smith, who's at plus 2,100, Sander Shoffley at plus 2,200, and then Will Zalatoris. Of those three, are you highest on Zalatoris this week, given, you know, five top tens in eight career major championships? Are you swaying towards, uh, you know, a Cameron Smith or Xander Shoffley? Uh, man, it is, I don't like where Cameron Smith is right now. Um, I think, I think there are some loose holes. We've seen some ball striking issues over the last couple of starts. We saw it at Memorial. We can go back to Memorial. So I'm a huge Cameron Smith fan. I really am. And he was all over my radar for the masters. He was my, uh, you know, he was right there at the top of the food chain. I, I thought, you know, for two and a half days at Augusta, he looked amazing. I I'm not there on Cameron Smith right now. Nothing Scotty Scheffler does would surprise me. Cameron Young would be a big surprise with, for me. With all due respect to Cameron Young, it's just he would be a surprise. I don't think this is his style of golf course. Um, this is a Will Zalatoris style golf course. Uh, you know, he's, a, he's an iron machine. He's a greens and regulation machine. The name that's not in there is Sam Burns Skulls. Three-time yeah. winner this year. He's won three times, never won a major. You know, Zalatoris, we point to his finishes in majors as encouragement to him potentially winning a major. But the flip side of that coin is he's never won on the PGA Tour. So, yes, he has great performances in majors, but he has yet to actually close the door. So, you know, it's hard to make your first win a major. Zalatora seems to be built more for majors. Uh, maybe he likes par as a good score versus the, you know, versus those 17, 18 under uh, events that we see uh, weekly on the PGA Tour. Maybe his... Maybe it's got to do with that live snake he uses as a putter once in a while. So, um, But I don't know. Sam Burns is the name kind of missing in there for me, Scully, because it's like, mm -hmm. okay, hold on a second. Sam Burns, what's he done? He's won three times. Okay. Does he hit it a mile? Yes. He's fourth in strokes gain approach to green. Okay, so you're telling me he's also a great iron player. Okay. So <laughs> I'm like, hmm, th this seems to me like a guy that is built to win everywhere. Sam Burns doesn't matter what golf course we drop him on what the scenario is and look at what he did this last weekend top five at RBC again four rounds in the 60s he just seems to be always there um gonna be interesting I mean this what a wide open U.S. Open I think it's gonna be a blast I really hope the country club at, at Brookline shows well I really hope we get a real U.S. Open setup not that graduated you know, softer, gentler, 
U.S. Open. I don't want that U.S. Open. I especially don't want it on a shorter old-school golf course like this. I'd like to see the setup at Brookline uh, closer to what we saw at Marion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder what we're going to get. We'll, we only have a few hours to wait to find out. Yeah, totally. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of the top players currently playing on the PGA Tour in the field this week. This week, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There's also some players who played last week in London on the Live Tour who are in the field. One of those players is Phil Mickelson. Now, he faced the media in London for the first time since this exile nonsense happened. And on Monday, he also faced the media at Boston or in Boston for the first time. Mark, before I ask you about Phil Mickelson, let's hear from Phil Mickelson, who seemed pretty guarded in his comments. What sort of welcome back have you had or what sort of welcome back are you anticipating you'll have from your peers who will feel betrayed by you and have lost an awful lot of respect for you? Um, I have... um... I have the utmost respect for the players on PGA Tour. I think that um, I respect if they disagree. Um, but at this time, this was this is the right decision. I certainly respect um, Rory. I thought it was what, what a great finish yesterday and a great accomplishment and uh, what a career he's had. I certainly respect him. I respect his ideas. I respect all the players that... Um, choose to uh, stay on the PGA Tour. In regards to the PGA Tour, there's a lot of things throughout the years that um, the PGA Tour has done that I agree with, and there's a lot of things that I don't agree with, and yet I've supported them either way. Um, And um, that's the way I feel going forward for other governing bodies as well, and I'm going to try to keep any issues that I have, uh, again, going forward behind closed doors, because it was one of the biggest mistakes I've made is, is voicing all of these little things. Okay, so that was a soundbite that was about 65 seconds long. I counted him saying respect six times for Phil Mickelson. He said the term respect a lot during that bizarrely strange, weird press conference on Monday. Uh, Mark, what did you take away from Phil Mickelson on Monday afternoon? Uh, Just the same old, same old, Adam. It's scripted. It's guarded. He's being coached. No one's going to tell the truth, right? No one's going to say... Here's the truth. I don't think any of these players are evil, bad people. Uh, I just don't think their moral compass is is in line with a lot of us and in line with uh, Rory McIlroy and in in line with Justin Thomas or John Rahm, who value history, who value legacy more, and maybe a little voice in the back of their head or a wife at home or, or a daughter at home that they want to be able to go and feel good about of what they do for a living and, 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 and how they earn their living and where their money comes from. Uh, but again, I don't think these people are bad or evil. I just think it's very simple. Do I want human rights to be violated? No. Was I sh- shook and saddened and, you know, was the world changed immediately overnight on 9-11, yes, for all of us, but eh, give me the money. It's all about the money, and I don't, you know, the rest of it I can live with, I can dance with, I don't need respect, I need money. That That's really what this is, and they're not going to say it. They're going to be coached, they're going to be guarded, they're going to talk about things like growing the game. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and they're going to talk about all this other stuff, and it's very simple, and I'm very curious to see who jumps next. 
Uh, we know it's not John Rahm. We know it's not Justin Thomas. We know it's not Rory McIlroy. Um, we highly doubted Scotty Scheffler. We highly doubted Colin Morikawa. Uh, Kepka. Kepka was very upset about even talking about Liv. He suggested, mm-hmm. I'm sick of talking about it. And it's holding a dark shadow over this championship. Okay. I agree with him there. I do agree with him. Did it to our championship last week, Kepka. Did it to the U.S. Women's Open the week before, Kepka. So is he saying that, Skulls, because he's he's the next one to go? Because even though Brooks has always been the guy that, you know, got geared up for majors and came out and basically said he didn't care about PJ Tour events, he only cared about majors, he's also the guy that said he doesn't like golf or really care about golf. He'd rather play baseball. So maybe that was his – maybe he's the guy to announce it. I don't know. But the line's being drawn at the sand. We're going to divide this up. And the most disappointing thing that I have read, heard, and had my eye on for the last seven days is Keith Pelley. Keith Pelley right now is trying to make a decision, and the decision is this. Do I stab the PGA Tour in the back? I took their money. I took the check for Monaghan. I took their sponsor for the Irish Open. I took their sponsor for the Scottish Open. Two flagship events for my tour because I couldn't do my gig. He's done great work. Uh, Keith Pelley, by the way, for the European Tour. Been a big fan of what he's done for the DP World Tour. He's done a great job. But at the end of the day, he had to knock on Monaghan's door and ask for the money and help me with sponsors. And the tour stood up, funded their tour, got them two sponsors, aligned with them, and now he's he's behind closed doors somewhere trying to decide, am I going to stab Monaghan in the back or am I going to do the right thing? Hmm. And to to me, Adam, that... That right there is way more captivating and way more important than any Brooks Kepka that jumps shit next week, if it happens to be Brooks or somebody else. I mean, th- what Pelly decides and what that tour decides to do to me is way more important in the big picture. If they get in bed with Liv, like what I, we have all read is potentially on the table, this completely changes overnight. Because mm-hmm. now the year, if they do that, then... Potentially, the European Ryder Cup team is back in play for anybody on that live tour and a bunch of other things, co-sanctioned events, yada, yada, yada. I mean, this is getting ugly. It is it is ugly, ugly, ugly. Yeah, it's an ongoing situation, and we'll definitely uh, keep you all posted on the latest on what happens. Uh, just so you know, Mark, you can get Phil Mickelson at 220 to 1 this week. I don't like that. What's, it, what's his number, Adam, to miss the cut? That's what I want. There is no way. I told you that Cam Smith was having mechanical problems a couple of weeks ago, and you saw some of the struggles he had Thursday and Friday at the Canadian Open. You heard it here right now. There's no way. There is zero chance. Phil Mickelson's playing Saturday. Zero well, chance. And the odds, you know, they agree with you. Minus 310 to miss the cut for Phil go. Mickelson. There you go. There you go. Mark, thanks for your time today. Enjoy, play well, stay dry, and uh, we'll talk to you Monday on radio, on TV, right here well, on Golf Talk well, Canada. Before I let you go, Adam, okay. what, time are you start- what time are you starting in the morning? Uh, what time am I Tomorrow. starting? Uh, Tomorrow so- morning. 6.45, so uh, it'll so be So you'll bright. be up when I'm texting you? Yeah, well, okay. yes. I'll text yeah, I'll, you in the morning. We, we can yell about everything we're seeing on TV together. We can yell about that. We can have the <laughs> omelets ready. We can have, you know, some eggs, waffles, coffee, the works. Mark, thanks for your time today, and play well, brother. Later, Skulls.
That is Mark Sakino, who's off to Thornhill for a, a very uh, celebratory day. Okay, on the other side, we'll hear from the five top betting favorites at the U.S. Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside a special bonus edition of Golf Talk Canada where we are previewing the U.S. Open from a fantasy betting perspective. The men's, the third men's major of the season gets underway Thursday morning. Coverage begins 6.45 a.m. Eastern on TSN. Okay, your betting favorite this week, Rory McIlroy. 10 to 1 or plus 1,000 are his current odds. Two victories this season. Of course, coming off that great win last week at the RBC Canadian Open. Let's hear from your betting favorite, Rory McIlroy. I played here a couple years ago, and I guess I played all the holes that are going to be played this week, but in a different setup or a different riding, I guess. So um, sort of had to jog my memory a little bit and, and try to remember. But uh, yeah. Great, uh, great setup. It, it seems, um, you know, so, pretty playable off the tee. Uh, you know, it, there's some rough, but you know, if you, if you just miss a fairway, it, it, you can certainly get it to the green. You're gonna, you know, lose control of your ball and, and, and not be able to spin it into the greens. But at least on the front nine, there's a lot of greens that have um, very manicured run-ups, so the greens probably play a little. Uh, longer than they actually actually are uh, not maybe not quite as much as like a wing foot where I think you're going to have to be a little more strategic than than we were there but um, overall you know great setup that front line's got two short par fours um, it's got a you know it's got a very reachable par five the two par threes are pretty tough um, you know a couple of longer par fours you know looking forward to seeing the back nine today but you know I, I liked what I saw yesterday that's your betting. <laughs> That's your betting favorite, Rory McIlroy at ten to one. Okay, next up, Justin Thomas, reigning PGA champion. A close call at the RBC Canadian Open last week. Twelve to one odds for JT. Let's hear from the second betting favorite. I mean, you always know U.S. Opens a grind. I mean, that's why I love it. I think that's why a lot of guys love it. it it's a you know, you're. It's one of the few times of the year you're kind of playing. Uh, more in relation to par, and, and par is a good score. Um, I mean, driving the ball is going to be very important this week, but I think like any any major, especially U.S. Open, I mean, scrambling and salvaging and making, you know, those those putts for par uh, can kind of be the momentum builders. Okay, how about John Rahm? He's the third, he has the third shortest odds to win, plus 1,500, 15 to 1 for John Rahm. He's your defending champion at the U.S. Open. He got a victory in Mexico about a month or so ago, and now he's looking for back-to-back -back U.S. Open wins. Let's hear from John Rahm. It's been a wonderful year. Um, it wasn't easy having to ship the trophy a little early and not enjoy the last few weeks, but obviously I understand, <laughs> I understand it's needed. Um, you know, it's I've defended before tournaments, obviously not majors, but 
usually you go to the same venue, it's something you're familiar with, it's a bit of a weird factor to defend a tournament on a golf course that nobody really has played in almost, and since the Ryder Cup really, right? So um, it's a little different, but uh, looking forward to it. That's John Rahm, your third uh, shortest odds to win. We're going to get to Scotty Scheffler, Cameron Smith, Colin Morikawa a little later uh, during our hour-long preview special here because we are running late. On the other side, we're going to be joined by Bob Weeks, who's at Brookline covering the U.S. Open for TSN and GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside our special bonus preview edition of Golf Talk Canada. We're taking a look at the U.S. Open, the third men's major of the season. Now joining us on the line from Brookline in Boston is Bob Weeks. Bob, welcome to GTC. How is the weather today in Boston? Uh, you couldn't ask for much better. It's a, a what do they call it? Chamber of Commerce Day here. It's about low 20s, sunny with a little cloud just to kind of cover up uh, some of the hot heat. But uh, it's pretty good out here. I can't imagine it's going to be, uh, could be much better. And it's going to be this way pretty much the rest of the week. No rain in the forecast. And you know what that means? Hard and fast here at the country club. You love to hear that because here in Toronto, I think we got some rain right now. Yeah, we definitely is raining. It's almost pitch black outside right now. So you, you, you know, you might get more of a suntan today than many of us here in, in the GTA. Let's put it that way. But Bobby, you mentioned it right there, firm and fast. Uh, I was watching your Sports Center hit with uh, Graham Dillette on the Jay Onright show this morning, and he was saying Graham was walking along the range and was you know talking to some players, thinking you know two to four under par might win this thing. Where are you at in terms of winning score? Yeah, I think this will be a good test. It's um, the hard and fast part is is a big part of it. You got to drive it in the fairway, obviously. It's interesting. The rough here is probably shorter than it was last week at St. George's, um, but I think the it still provides the test here because you have to be below the holes here at, at uh, the country club the greens are really slopey uh, more so than st george's and it's um if you are above the hole putting downhill <laughs> the speeds these things are just going to roll and you probably will see a lot of people you know um over the greens just because of how far how firm these greens are going to be so uh, it's going to be a really good test here and i think i think anything under par at this point maybe even uh maybe even good uh, red figures will probably get you close to the top of the leaderboard Golf fans listening, this should be absolutely fired up to see some tough conditions, to see a real, true U.S. Open under par is a good score. Now, as of this point, Bob, Rory McIlroy is your betting favorite at plus 1,000 right now. You had him, or you have him, I should say, on your TSN Edge team this week. Do you believe he should be the favorite, given what happened last week at St. George's? I do. I think there's a few a few different reasons. Primarily, though, he's coming in, as he said yesterday uh, in his press conference or a Monday, uh, with a little pep in his step. And I think any time you win, you, you obviously get a boost of confidence from that. That's something that Rory 
probably doesn't need that much of, but but it's been the wins have been you know he's had the second win of the year and it's uh, it's been good. But I think that Rory likes to get over that finish line and close things out over four rounds uh, as opposed to what he's done a couple times here with kind of the backdoor top ten or the backdoor runner-up finishes he did at Augusta. Um, he's had two top ten finishes in the previous two majors, and I think he just looks very comfortable with his with his game. He, he passed Matt Fitzpatrick for top spot in the strokes game total category. Also a good indication that the sum of the parts is working pretty well. So I think there's there's lots of reasons to like him. And uh, and the one thing is I think this golf course will play very similar to St. George's where he just won. So um, lots of things in there that uh, that lead me to believe he's going to be the he should be the favorite. And uh, he's definitely my favorite. And of course, the last player to win the week before a major championship and go back to back was Rory McIlroy himself back in 2014 when he went on to win both the PGA. He won the Open Championship that summer as well. Okay, you mentioned, Bob, guys who played well at St. George's could also play well here. It's a similar to a degree course setup. And Justin Thomas is the second betting favorite at plus 12,000 or or. Yeah, plus 1,200, I should say, or 12 to 1. Where are you at with Justin Thomas this week, given the PGA Championship win, the close call at St. George's? Where are you at with Justin Thomas for the U.S. Open? I like JT. I think JT's a good pick. He's, uh, again, very solid. You know, just a couple of hiccups down the stretch at St. George's, or he could have been the winner. We could have been talking about him. But his game is, is built for majors. His demeanor is built for majors. Uh, we saw that, obviously, at the PGA Championship earlier this year earlier this uh, I guess last month I should say and I, I just I just like the way he carries himself around the golf course um, he's you know the odd time he kind of misses a shot here or there as we saw in the 18th hole at St. George's coming in but generally speaking you know it's it's hard to make a big difference between what we saw from JT and what we saw from Rory last week um, so it's there's lots of reasons to like him as well we're talking about U.S. Open with Bob Weeks, who's at Brookline right now. Now, another great storyline for us here in Canada is the Canadian story. Six Canadians in the field this week at the U.S. Open, which is just awesome to see all of them you know, go through the qualifying. Of course, Corey Connors uh, there. He is the betting favorite to be low Canadian at plus 110. Bob, you also have Connors on your TSN Edge team this week. What do you like about Connors' game uh, that you think will suit him well this week at Brookline? Well, Connors has had success here in the past. He went into the semifinals in the U.S. Amateur here and lost, ended up losing to Matt Fitzpatrick, actually, who went on to win. And he's told me uh, yesterday we were walking around a few holes of him. He said he really likes the golf course. He thinks it's, uh, and it does. It puts a premium on, on getting, your, uh, getting your shots in the fairway so you can attack these greens. We know he's great at that. We know he's good at uh, approaching the greens and hitting on there. So I think there's uh, th- this kind of style of game in this course can really uh, help a guy like Corey Connors. It's just a question, again, of his putting and short game, and he's been really good at it. And I think he got a lot of confidence from that final round 62 at St. George's. That was something he told me afterwards he was kind of expecting and hoping to get. Uh, he sort of was looking for it and felt that what he was getting through the first three rounds was very good, but but not as good as he was expecting to get. In other words, he wasn't getting a lot out of his game. I just think that Corey is, uh, is overdue for a really, really good finish in this U.S. Open. He's done well at, the, at some of the other majors. This one has kind of eluded him a little bit, and it just seems odd um, the way his, his style of game is and the way his, uh, his results have showed according to that. So uh, I'm looking for big things from Corey this week.
Yeah, like I mentioned, Corey Connors for Low Canadian is plus 110 to win outright. 50 to 1 for Corey Connors. So looking forward to seeing Corey Connors, which uh, how he plays this week. He's made uh, three straight top tens at the Masters, but missed three straight cuts at the U.S. Open. So we'll see which Corey Connors shows up this week. Okay, Bob, looking at the other Canadians Adam Hadwin, Mackenzie Hughes, Nick Taylor, Roger Sloan, Ben Silverman. Of the other five Canadians, according to the betting book here, Adam Hadwin. Uh, has the second shortest odds, plus 380 to be low Canadian. His ball striking has been so much better this season. I, I know you, you spoke to Adam Hadwin yesterday. Uh, from, what, from your conversation with him, how is he feeling about his game heading into this week? Well, we've talked a lot lately about uh, Adam's improvement with his game, all those swing changes. Now I don't think we, have to, we, have to, we don't have to mention that the fact that they're in green now, that's, that's, his swing is, is really good. Adam's not necessarily overly long uh, off the tee. This is a 7,300-yard par 70 course. So he told me yesterday it's imperative for him to get it into the fairway. His iron play is very, very good right now. The key thing that Adam told me yesterday that I got out of our conversation was that he feels he's very strong mentally now. He said, that's something that I've worked on a lot, and it's something that you don't sort of think about when you're talking about a guy's performance. But in this test here, you really, really have to be dialed in mentally. I mean, you get so many sort of unlucky breaks here that you have to deal with. You have so many little two and three foot putters, putts that you might miss that, that you have to overcome and realize that everybody's doing that. But he thinks he's much, much stronger mentally as a, as a player now. And I think, uh, I think that's, that's a, a great asset to have this week. It totally is. And speaking of players who are mentally tough, how about Mackenzie Hughes? This is a guy who, for a low Canadian right now, plus 470, so some great value there. And, you know, Mac was in the final group of last year's U.S. Open, got one of the worst breaks I think we'll ever see at Torrey Pines or in golf, period, when his ball got stuck in a tree. But then what's he do? Goes on, he's the, uh, he finishes his low Canadian at the Open Championship, the best ever finished by a Canadian-born player last summer at the Open, Olympian as well, given his past experiences, given his putting stats this season. How do you like Mac's odds this week? Yeah, another good chance. You know, I think for Mac, it's gonna, the key will be putting the ball in the fairway. Uh, he's been toying around with his driver a couple of different settings uh, here and there, you know, a couple of different heads. He's trying to find some consistency with that driver. When it works, it works really well. Uh, but it does have a, <laughs> a tendency to kind of stray a little bit, and you just cannot afford to do that this week. As you said, he makes up for a lot of that with by being one of the best putters in the world, uh, also one of the best short games in the world. I mean, if you could ever put Corey Connors and, you know, if Corey Connors and Mac Hughes could have a love child, that would be the perfect golf. <laughs> scenario <laughs> that's kind of a weird thought isn't it i just yeah. realized but but their their games their games are sort of uh, uh really comp complement each other so uh we'll see how mac does i think i think he's i'm not sure if he's super super satisfied with the way he's playing right now um but he is mentally tough as we saw last year that uh that uh, 54 hole share of the lead was was something that he is that you know he took into sunday and as you said without that bounce into the tree, uh, he might be the defending champion here. That's right. He's 15th in strokes gain putting uh, this season on the PGA Tour, also has three top tens. Now, I, I have to ask you about this, Bob. We spoke with uh, with Mark about Liv and the players who are there. We, we, we focused on Phil Mickelson in the first segment, so we'll, we'll sway away from Phil. But the comments that really stood out to me from Tuesday's press conferences were from Brooks Kepka, uh, who was... I'll, I'll ask you this. What did you make of what Brooks Kepka said during his press conference yesterday? 
how to say you're going to go and join the Live League without actually saying it <laughs> was kind of, to me, the way I interpreted that. Now, I don't know if he's going or not. We don't have any any indication one way or the other, but there are rumors that there are a number of top players. His name's been mentioned in those rumors. Uh, you're talking Ryder Cuppers. You're talking top 25 players in the world, some, some that surprised me when I heard them. We'll see if that does actually develop. Um, but I think, you know, Kepka was kind of his surly self. That that wasn't unusual. That's the kind of a, a Brooks Kepka press conference. He doesn't suffer fools lightly. So, I think that um, I think that the next couple of weeks will be interesting in live when they get set for that second when they unveil the the field for the second one. Uh, it should be very interesting. I suspect there will be some more names on there that uh, that will we already know there'll be a few in Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed, um, but. If I'm Andy Ogletree, I might be saying my my live uh, my live career was one event. So I don't know where to go in terms of what what's happening here on the course. You see players talking. You know they're they're conversing the lives and the non lives and the PGAs and the, the non PGAs. I guess are going back and forth. The crowds here so far have been pretty good towards Phil, but most of them have been kind of autograph seekers looking for you know Phil to sign something. So in that case, they're sort of complimentary to him. There was one incident yesterday where some guy yelled out, hey, Phil, you got big, deep pockets, and he pulled out a wad of cash and waved it at the crowd, which I thought was pretty bold. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but overall, it's, uh, it seems to be relatively normal. There was one reported incident where apparently Jordan Spieth kind of uh, didn't give Kevin Na uh, the nod or the, the, the hello or something, walked right past him, but who knows what could have been going on in Jordan's head, so we don't know if that's anything to that or not. So... Uh, I think we'll tell a little bit more from the fan standpoint, obviously, when we get going on Thursday, whether Phil's going to be loved as he normally has been or face even a few boos out here. All I have to say is that PGA Tour Netflix series that's coming out early next year, summarizing this year, (laughs) is going to be must-see TV. I can't wait for that. Bob, enjoy the week. We'll see you throughout the week on TSN.ca and SportsCenter. Send my best to Graham Dillette. Send my best to Kaz and enjoy the beautiful weather. It sounds, sounds good, Adam. Have a great show. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. See ya. That is Bob Weeks, who is uh, he's pulling double duty. RBC Canadian Open last week. He's, he was the busiest man on the property, aside from those who were actually playing in the golf tournament, and now he's at the U.S. Open. The man never stops. That's Bob Weeks. So he, on the other side, we'll continue to hear from some of the top players in the world, some of the top betting favorites for the U.S. Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Wrapping up our special bonus edition of Golf Talk Canada here, Adam Scully in studio. So we've heard from the top three betting favorites for the U.S. Open. Now number four, Scotty Scheffler, 16-1 to to win the U.S. Open. He won the Masters, of course, earlier this year. He's the world number one. Now he's looking for a second career major championship. Let's hear from Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, golf course is in good shape. Um, I was here in 2013. The course has changed a bit since then, but um, I think there are mostly good changes and uh, should be a good test. The greens are nice and firm. It seems like the weather is going to be good for the rest of the week, and so um, rough is healthy per usual. 
per the usual, you know, you played well in USGA events in the past. What is it about these weeks that kind of sets itself apart? I, I like the challenge. I, I, I think these events are really hard, obviously. And um, for me, I think it's kind of fun just just challenging yourself like that. And um, this t this style of golf, I think, really suits suits how I play and suits mentally how I approach tournaments. And so for me, I'm, I'm excited for this week and getting started. That was world number one, Scotty Scheffler, who's had a, a very consistent run uh, throughout the year, uh, which is great to see. Now four victories, world number one. We're looking for that second career major championship. Now, I mentioned to Bob that we have six Canadians in the field, which is incredible to see that we have six Canadians in the field. And if you want to place a little little wager on, on FanDuel, some uh, low Canadian, top Canadian odds, Corey Connors plus 110, Adam Hadwin plus 380, Mackenzie Hughes plus 470, Nick Taylor plus 600, Roger Sloan plus 1200, Ben Silverman plus 1600. As I mentioned, Bob is on location. Uh, in Brookline, he spoke to many of the Canadians, including Mackenzie Hughes, yesterday afternoon. Let's hear from Bob and Mac. All right, Mackenzie Hughes, back at the U.S. Open. Last year, this tournament was uh, was a great one for you. What's the challenge that you've learned last year that you can bring into this one? Well, I think that the biggest thing I learned last year was uh, was you have to have more patience than you would for an ordinary tournament. It feels like because. It doesn't take much to work yourself back into this tournament, but uh, if you get frustrated and, and um, down yourself quickly, uh, the tournament can be over over very fast. And uh, I learned that last year. I got off to a terrible start in the first round, and kind of worked worked my way back. And by Saturday night, I you know got myself in the last group. So um, that was probably the biggest thing I learned last year that uh, you know I'll put in play this year. You've had a chance to tour around here at the Country Club at Brookline. What do you see at the golf course here? A really, really good test. Um, you get like three or four probably blindish tee shots that um, are, are a little challenging. But once you get your line off a tee, uh, I think it's it's uh, fairly straightforward. And then um, <clears throat> into the greens, it kind of reminds me a bit of St. George's actually because. Uh, um, you, you, just, you cannot be long of these greens, so anything short seems to be okay, um, but long is uh, usually death. So, um, but yeah, the golf course is going to be a, a, a really great test this week, and if we stay dry like I think we are going to, it could be, uh, be really fiery by Sunday afternoon. Um, you're coming off a busy week last week. You've got a, a big week this week. How's your energy levels? Yeah, trying, trying to manage them like today. Uh, the Canadian boys are playing 18, and I just thought, you know, nine was probably enough. I'll play nine tomorrow, and yeah, conserve the energy levels. And I want to be fresh for Thursday through Sunday, and uh, that's kind of what I found works best for me. So uh, other guys are different, but um, yeah, energy levels are, are, are pretty good, but um, trying to manage those right now. If I could ask you which part of your game you'd love to have shine this week on this golf course and on this test, what would it be? Um, I think any U.S. Open, if you are on your on your driving game, um, you're just making the course that much easier. Um, it's a it's a hard test from the rough, but from the fairway, it seems f fairly doable. So, I think if I can uh, hit the driver nice, which I I have been um, lately, um, that's probably the biggest weapon this week. Good luck out there. All right, thanks, Bob. 
That was Bob Weeks with Mackenzie Hughes, one of six Canadians in the field this week. Well, the U.S. Open gets underway on TSN bright and early, 6.45 a.m. Eastern Thursday morning. Can't wait. And don't forget, next Monday will be radio to TV, TSN 1050, TSN 2, Monday morning at 10 a.m. Mark, Bob, myself, will recap the week that was. Let's see if we can get a Canadian uh, up there near the top in contention. Corey Connors, low Canadian, plus 10, plus 110, I should say, and to win the tournament overall, plus 5,000. Thanks for joining us on our special bonus preview U.S. Open edition of Golf Talk Canada. Enjoy the coverage this week, and we'll see you next Monday right here on TSN 1050. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.